You can also smash the subscribe button on our YouTube channel at 999thefan, or just look up 999thefan, and uh, you'll find us. Smash that subscribe button. You can see segments and some other goofy stuff that we do. It's all there for you to check out. You can also check out Pack Therapy, hosted by Jillio. Does Naheem Hines need some pack therapy? Uh-oh. Hope not. Two, two Wolfpack guys got traded today. It's a good spot now, man. Bradley Chubb got traded from the Denver Broncos to the Miami Dolphins. And now Naheem Hines got traded to Buffalo Bills. Ooh. Our. They already were our Bills. Ooh. Even more so now. Does it get that cold in Garner? It does not. <laughs> That's not my guy's favorite <laughs> climate. Uh, I will say that. <laughs> because at least in Indy, you're in a dome. I know. I don't know how cold it gets in Garner. I, I know, know things can get, you know, little little micro uh, climates around here. You know, Gold always likes to talk about how up in Oxford it's like 20 degrees colder. It's practically up in the mountains in Oxford. So curious to see how uh, how that plays out for him. Anyway, you can check out Pack Therapy. It's brought to you by Pack of Wolves, NIO Collective, empowering Wolfpack athletes, engaging Wolfpack fans. Are you one of us? There's only one way to find out. Shout out to Matt Rule, who had the way of the Panther and OOU, one of us. Either you were with the way of the Panther or you weren't. So we've adopted that mantra. Are you one of us? Are you with the OG? Are you more Gilio? Are you more obvious? Let's answer some questions, shall we? Dennis, what are the topics? All right, first one, Clemson will not be in the top four of today's college football playoff rankings. Will Are not. you one of us? They will not be in the top four. I think they will be. I think they will be. <sighs> That's tough. I think we agree that Tennessee's going to be one. Yeah, Georgia's okay. two. Georgia's two. Ohio State, by every metric, every computer ranking, Ohio State is number one overall. Okay, by so computer. But when you look at their strength of schedule and who they've actually done it, it against so far. Which means they'll be three. I think they'll be three. So now the question is, are they going to put four? Michigan there? Are they going to put right. Alabama there? They could. Because they lost to arguably the best team on right. a field goal on the road? They could. It's entirely possible. So I don't, I don't put it past. And it's also important to note that it's the first college football playoff ranking, mm-hmm. so it doesn't mean anything, but it does start the conversation for the college football playoff. And there, I'm not, I can't prove this. I just go on vibes. Sometimes I do wonder if these are conversation starters for a reason, because college football does thrive on dumb arguments about who can beat who. So I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama ends up being uh, number four. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm, gonna, I'm one of us. Clemson will not be in the four. This is the way. They might be sixth, which would be hilarious. And Dabo might thrive on that because you know how Dabo is about that stuff. Little old Clemson. All right, what's the next one? All right, Clemson will miss the college football playoff this year. Not one of us. I don't think they'll miss the playoff. But it all depends on this weekend, honestly. If Tennessee beats Georgia, I don't see Georgia getting back in. If Georgia beats Tennessee, I do see Tennessee's path to making the playoff with one loss. They'll make it. Clemp. Yeah. They'll make it. So you got Clemp, Big Ten champ, and two SEC teams. Yes. That's probably the most likely scenario. Um, that Yeah, that's 
Because you got to remember, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the SEC again, where you're going to have three SEC teams all at well, one loss. But it all comes do down do. to this weekend. It really does come yeah. down to this weekend. I mean, what's going to happen between Tennessee and Georgia could arguably be the biggest game, or not the biggest game in SEC history, but it's certainly one of them in terms of implications for how the rest of the year is going to go in relation to the college football playoff. But I do think the more likely scenario with the chaos that usually happens, I mean, there's still a lot of football left, y'all. There is. A lot of football left. That Clemson navigates the rest of their schedule undefeated and will enter the college football playoff. I feel like most of that football, though, is those are those Big Ten schools. Or if you want TCU, too. You know, I think TCU's got a lot of tough games in front of them, too. Next up. This is the way. All right. UNC will beat both Wake Forest and NC State this year and play in a New Year's Six Bowl game. Are you one of us? Ooh. I like a lot of those parts. I do think Wake gets them this year, so I, I can't. Although, in true Carolina fashion, Wake is going to pour it out for State, and then they play Carolina the next week. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just- but, but hold on a second, though. We've seen, we've already seen this from Wake Forest this year, where they've poured it out in You're a right. game. And, Dave, right. if, and if Dave Clawson's the best coach in the ACC, as you like to point out, why, why are you qualifying that? I'm simply saying, if you're going to go Carolina way, it has nothing to do with pouring it out X Y Z. It simply just happens to be that. Carolina, well, Carolina will have beat them last year, remember? Yeah, Carolina yeah. will have breaks within the game. Sure. That will go their way. So yeah, I, I'm mm. Although a wake win over Carolina would go a long way for putting Wake in the potentially in the orange ball. Instead of Carolina. I think I think Carolina gets to the ACC championship game as a one loss team at this point. Okay. So um, I guess I'm one of us on that one. This is the way. All right. Bills traded for Naheem Hines. Bills win the Super Bowl. Are you one of us? Absolutely one of us. This is the way. <laughs> Pick the Bills. Never. You can never stray from your first answer. Well, I'll say this. The Bills keep making the right moves, and I would also point out that, what we, as we saw last weekend, everybody was making this joke. It was nice of Josh Allen to dress up as 2018 Josh Allen on Sunday against the Green Bay Packers. But you know what Just happened? Just to make it interesting. But you know what happened? Despite the fact that he was making really bad early Josh Allen throws, still won. They can overcome it now, I think. I think they're good enough that they can overcome it. So, yeah, I'm on board. It's the OG. This a lot, is the way. A lot. We have any more? This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. And as we get closer to the start of a basketball season, you got exhibition games, secret scrimmages that aren't so secret. All these things are going on. I forgot to ask Shire about uh, losing to Houston, but I don't. I don't think two of their dudes played. So yeah, and I was gonna say it's it's really not that at this point. We it's not that big of a deal. But the one thing that ends up happening every college basketball season, or on the arrival of another college basketball season, everybody's trying to fix college basketball. Correct. And we're coming off a summer where we're a couple news reports in the last few weeks about expanding the NCAA tournament. And I think we all understand, if you've listened to this program, how we feel about that. Cool if you want to expand it, but understand the ramifications of what it does to your regular season in the ACC, which you value as a basketball league, and the ACC tournament, which at that point becomes moot. Don't call it a tournament. Call it a jamboree at that point because – the meaningful nature of having to win games in the ACC tournament is lessened by the fact that you have more teams in the NCAA tournament. So I feel like it's gotten uncreative 
in having to fix college basketball. There's got to be better ways to do this. And I'm not just talking about playing games on an aircraft carrier. I just want college basketball to think differently. Yeah. Right? I mean, it just seems like they keep doing the same thing over and over and, and expecting a different result. And we saw this summer with Syracuse and his former – the Syracuse AD with his former ESPN ties of, well, maybe Duke and Carolina should play like every other weekend. <laughs> make, make, them, make them play a best of the seven. Right. But I do think there would be something to either potentially playing the ACC tournament as it is at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, take away the stakes of the automatic bid and just give the regular season champion the – that automatic bid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if everything is unbalanced at this point. Yeah. from But you could also play it as a true tournament. You wouldn't need the double buy nonsense. Oh, It'd be 15 teams. The number one overall seed would get a would get one buy mm-hmm. into the second round, and you play a tournament. You yes. Could, you could definitely do that. If the whole entire point here is to draw interest to your sport, the conference tournament happens at a time where we're not really concerned with those tournaments. We're only concerned right. with what the bracket's going to look like yep. and how they're going to do in that bracket. Yeah, when I say open the season, you could do it the second week of December when there's no college football. Well, it's funny how they've history... Talked, they've talked about starting the season in January before. There's. It's funny how history repeats, right? Because there used to be these types of things. You, you know, you go back to the Dixie Classic, but there was also the Big Four Tournament, which ended in the early 80s because the coaches hated it. And we did a podcast series this past summer called Brief History of Triangle Sports, and there was one episode that actually focused on this particular time in history. And there's audio clips of Norm Sloan. It was just like, yeah, you don't want to be in the consolation game because fans are going to be mad. It's great to win it, but the last thing you want to do is be in the consolation game and lose it because you come out of that thing as dead last, 0-2. You don't want that. So Dean Smith absolutely hated it because he talked about non-conference games that get taken away. But we've also seen where non-conference games have tilted in college basketball. Yeah, we're we're not getting the matchups that we really want. And if ESPN's really in charge of the thing, keep keep in mind now, ESPN's about to lose the ACC Big Ten Challenge because mm-hmm. the Big Ten is about to be an exclusive property of Fox. Or at, at least it won't be a property of ESPN's. How about that? Because CBS will have some games. So if you have this void, and I was just thinking yesterday, why not play two eight-team tournaments? Put the classic ACC teams in Greensboro to start the year. Mm-hmm. That's Duke, Carolina State, Wake, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Clemson, Georgia Tech. And then put... Send the seven teams that are basically the the newcomers, if you will, not Virginia Tech, obviously, but to send them to the Garden because like everyone wants to see these teams at the Garden. We'll put them in the Garden. Yeah, Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, Louisville, Notre Dame, Miami, Florida State, and I just I had suggested, hey, you want to call UConn or Villanova or Georgetown and bring them over? Bring them over. Let them play. It's an eight team tournament. You get the winner gets three games. I mean, I. I don't see the downside to it, to be perfectly honest with you. Some people are like, well, you no automatic bid. No, I would I would just play it to play it because you're playing better games now. This isn't Charleston Southern. This isn't, you know, Jacksonville, who mm-hmm. Duke's opening up against on Monday. You're getting real games. If you want to count that first game, which is scheduled, as one of the games that you're already going to play in the regular season, you can do that too. Kill a couple birds with a couple stones here if you want. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline is the head men's basketball coach, Duke, John Shire. Has that, has that like, sunk in yet? It's not <laughs> assistant. It's not any of that's a coaching waiting head coach. That that part is sunk in for the most part. It's uh, Look, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say 
it hits me you know in waves at different times but that part of it i've i, I think i'm getting more and more used to by the day okay Duke basketball coach Sean Shire joining us here on the OG on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Obvious. I'm Joe Giglio. Uh, all right. I got a couple of basic qu- basketball questions for you before we get into some other nonsense. Uh, are you going to start all of your seven-footers <laughs> and Reeves? Can you go super big for me that's, uh, that's at some point? Yeah. You know, maybe you should be on the staff because that has that's, that, <laughs> that idea hasn't come up yet. Not well, yet. maybe maybe you shouldn't be on the staff because that no. idea hasn't come up yet either. So, uh, <laughs> but but uh, no, I haven't thought about that one yet. All right, uh, give people an idea because normally Duke, you know, we we know you're going to have a new roster and you have Jeremy Roach back, which is great for you guys. Uh, but you did add a lot of grad transfers this year. Uh, a lot of them are smart too. I don't know if you're only allowed to add Ivy League guys and or people from the Chicagoland area. Uh, but give people an idea first with the the older guys that you've added and maybe some of the roles that they'll play. Yeah, well, for us, it's it's you want to have great talent on a roster, of course, but it's also about blending people and and roles and and strengths and weaknesses. And for us, you know, having seven freshmen, losing eight of our ten scholarship guys from last year, Jeremy Roach is our only player returning with game experience towards the end. Jalen Blake's is our other player and Jalen doesn't necessarily have that in-game experience but him coming back is huge but for our for us we really identified Ryan Young very quickly uh and he's been terrific for us Jacob Grandison from Illinois he was our last addition Jacob has he's been a starter in Illinois for two years you know he's played in the Big Tens you know Ryan same thing and we had a Max Johns and Kill Catchings and you know both of them uh, you know, Max and, and Kel have been a part of big-time winning programs at Harvard and, and Princeton. Uh, they bring great maturity, and they've been a, an amazing addition for what we've done and, you know, helping to build our culture. And, and, of course, when you're at Duke and you have the number one recruiting class, Derek Lively, Derek Whitehead, those two guys I think are at the top of the list, but what do you kind of expect from those young guys? And, and is it – uh? Is it a Paolo situation? Is a I don't I hate to do this to the kid, but to the kids, but is it a Tatum situation? Is it a Zion situation? What are, what are we looking at with these two superstars that you brought in? You know, the funny part is uh, with all those guys that you just named, they were really developing in this time. You know, we knew, man, some of those guys were really special, but until you do it in a game, that's just a different level. And I know you mentioned Derek and Derek. Both of them have great belief in themselves as players, and they also expect to win when they're on the floor. And the biggest thing that I want to see from from the both of them, from the other freshmen that we have, is incredible growth and development throughout this year, uh, particularly the beginning stages. We have a really difficult schedule, but it's also exciting at the same time some of the teams we get to play. And their growth from where they started June 27th versus now uh, November, uh, in November versus January, uh, January, February, March. Uh, want to see amazing growth every step of the way. John Shire joining us, head basketball coach Duke as the season, uh, they got what exhibitions uh, on Wednesday season starts up next week. I, I am curious there, with, with college basketball, every start of college basketball, there's a constant conversation about the evolution of the college game and people focus on things like the age limit. But now there's been talk about expanding the NCAA tournament. What does that do to the ACC tournament? You're part of a a younger group that now has a say. How do you view yourself? You know, look, 
when Coach K wanted to talk about stuff, he would. How do you view yourself now at a high-profile job that has influence when you want to say something about the direction of college basketball or the direction of the ACC? How do you handle that? Yeah, I mean, for me, one, it starts with listening to others who have been around the game for a longer period of time. Like, I'm, um, even though I'm the head coach at Duke, I'm always going to be learning. Like, I'm always, I know what I don't know. Now, with that said, I have great passion for the future of our game, great passion for the ACC, and I think I have a unique perspective having played in the tournament, having played in the ACC, having played at Duke, and now being an assistant coach, now head coach is my 10th year. So for me, it's really following my instincts, you know, going off of field. When I believe in something, I'll speak out, and when I'm not sure, I want to give as much information as possible uh, and make sure I'm knowledgeable about anything that I discuss or bring up. But I don't think that my way is the only way. I think there's a lot of conversations that need, need to be had right now uh, because it's an important time in our game. Like there's a, There is a lot of change, and it's important that we put things out there and figure out the best direction to head. Well, the conversation probably changes on the recruiting trail now, too. Uh, when you started out coaching 10 years ago versus what's going on now with NIL, right? So what is <laughs> hearty chocolate? <laughs> so, so what is, what is that conversation now uh, when you walk into a recruits house uh, and with NIL, I know you brought on a, a general manager uh, to the Duke basketball program to kind of help navigate these worlds. But when you're actually selling Duke, playing at Cameron, the championships, everything else. I mean, I know that sells, but there's also a money component to this now. So how does that conversation go? Well, those things, look, it all goes hand in hand. And no matter what, the, the, there's a lot of differences from 10 years ago. And there's the thing that's the same, though, is it's still built the relationships. You know, like it's it, it has to be about trust and, you know, belief. And no matter what, no matter anybody's intentions, for NIL, like nobody's making as much as Paulo Boncaro is making this year in the NBA. <laughs> that's the that's where you want to get to. That's where every one of our, our recruits wants to get to. And you know, you only get one chance to do this. And for me, it's really not about selling anything. This is what I believe in. It's it's I made this choice at that, at that time. So for me, it's about sharing my passion for Duke, sharing my passion for that individual. And obviously, taking every opportunity that they have to uh, be able to maximize off of NIL as soon as possible. That's been that's been a positive thing. I haven't mm -hmm. with our guys that it hasn't been anything other than positive. And uh, you know, we need to make sure we stay adaptable. As you know, couldn't have told you a year ago this would be the position we're in, or this is what's happening. I'm sure a year from now there'll be some new things that we have to continue to adjust to then. Duke basketball coach John Shire joining us here on the OG. And I would imagine, John, the hardest challenge for you this year is how to, how, and going forward, is figuring out how to be you. How do you not be Mike? How do you not be Coach K? And how do you do that in a successful way? What have, what have some of your conversations been like maybe with your dad or, or with someone else who you, you really lean on uh, to try to form your own identity as a coach? No, I, I appreciate the question. I think it's probably the most important thing for me when I uh, said yes to this job. And the important thing, you know, I've done a lot of work behind the scenes for years figuring out 
who I am as a person before even a coach. And then obviously figuring out who I was going to be as a head coach. I didn't know that I would be a head coach here, but I prepared with, you know, uh, a couple of people I've grown really close to off the court where we dove into, all right, John, what are, what are your strengths as a coach? What are your blind spots? And, and how do you surround yourself with people that support you, help cover up and help build your strengths and help cover your blind spots. And for me, I think I have a clear view of that. The biggest thing is just following your instincts. You know, you can't let, all right, the moment of a game or the, you know, of course I want to win. Uh, I'm as, there's great competitors out there. I would like to think that I'm as good of a competitor as anybody, but you have to make the decisions that's in your heart and your instincts. Otherwise, if you're not authentic, if you're not yourself, then, then forget about it. And uh, I've had a lot of conversations with Coach K. I think our players would tell you. Not trying to be anybody other than me, mm-hmm. and um, uh, we'll see if you guys see that this year as well. All right, so that's that's uh, that's the next step. So I'll see if the uh, what was the breathing technique you talked about in your yeah when Paul you see me on the sidelines doing that, then it's <laughs> probably not a good sign. But it's uh, maybe before or after games I'll do it though. Okay, okay. I was I, I the way I googled that while I was sitting. <laughs> in the press room when you but i'm like what is this tech oh you know what i'm gonna have to try that i'm gonna have to try that have you tried uh, it yet i haven't tried it yet but with a 14 year old uh and navigating high yeah. school and all the new stuff i got to deal with when he asked me questions i might need those breathing techniques man <laughs> i really might need those at least i was thinking Jillio asked the, the coach k question i got to imagine that coach k is probably sending you dog memes at this point right he's got to be bored at the at this point in the season he's got to be so bored that you wake up and there's a couple of tiktoks of like look at this cute puppy that's totally what coach k is doing right i don't know if people realize how busy coach k is right now he's he's traveling he's got a lot of engagements and and even with that though we find time i mean we're connected all all the time i mean i'm talking to him constantly and and staying in touch and picking his brain but he's he's busy and uh, i'm sure he's busy with the dog too by the way i'm sure he's busy mm-hmm. with his dog but uh yeah he's got a lot going on all right let's get back to john right there where are you right now if you're, you're watching this on right youtube now. or wrl this is your office this is my office right now give us a quick scan because this yeah. would be the lead to most people's story who come yeah, visit this, you right this is my office right here yeah, yeah. not bad right? look around at nothing <laughs> well that's that's the depth chart behind me behind you that you like slid over so nobody could see it (laughs) there's uh you know so we actually meet in here from time to time so some of our guys left their left some papers out i gotta talk to them about it but uh not there's not a thing there (laughs) so either you're like super like hey i'm never spending any time in my office or you're potentially a serial killer so i'm I'm just gonna go with you're just not gonna spend any time in that office how how's about that i'm uh well I'm in here and I'm not a serial killer, obviously. But okay. I'm in here all Yeah, I'm in here a lot. There's there's not a, I think it's spotless, man. Let's see your desk. Is there <laughs> anything on the desk? I was gonna say, no, you, I got I got a lot of stuff over there. Yeah, I actually have uh yeah, I got sent uh AJ Griffin was nice enough to uh Let's get a jersey. Yeah, so I got ah, a nice, sweet, jersey, nice. Right. pretty cool nice. thing. So. All right, good. Don't make me worry about you from the jump here, man. Because as you can see, my cubicle yeah, space. Right? Yeah, I mean, come on. I got Christmas lights, lava lamps, bobbleheads, you name it. I got the whole thing going on here. John Shire, Duke basketball coach, joining us here on the OG. We appreciate the time as always. Best of luck to the start of the season, and we'll be talking to you soon. Fellas, thanks so much. See you soon. 
It's the OG. That, that's a fun conversation with John Shire. That's definitely one you want to watch on the YouTube channel. Just look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. Smash the subscribe button. I mean, I, I honestly thought it was he was in an office that like, yeah, like we, an aux space, not yeah, his we actual office. Like after practice, he just kind of duck in and... There's there's different spaces like that, but that thing was like immaculate. Like I, that's why I was finally like, wait, what is going on? Yeah, there? The, the, that office doesn't have a biometric scanner to get in, probably. Oh, uh, now Mike Shashevsky's office. Mike was a, a photo collector, so mm-hmm. he would have different player. And now you got forty years of photos to choose yeah, from, man, right? Look, yeah, cool. So yeah. you know that was a thing that that Mike uh, Shashevsky enjoyed doing. It's just kind of interesting to see uh, when you have a coach like that who's you know fastidious in that way and just kind of. They, hey man, you like it a certain way, and when it's clean like that, you're like, hey. And but as you pointed out to me, different generation, right? Like a lot of stuff's on the phone, a lot of stuff's on the yeah, computer, or a tablet. Look, you don't need the yellow pad uh, laying around and uh, all those scraps of paper. Let me. This extends itself to kids these days, right? Like you've you've got an 18. Well, how old is James now? 17, 17. and 14. Yeah. 17 and 14. Do they care what's in their room? Um, James has some stuff up, yeah. Okay, but Jackson doesn't, right? No. Right, Jackson, he's 14, same with Caleb. Like, Caleb basically still has the same room he had when it turned into his big boy room. We moved him to, like, a big boy bed. Out of the uh, crib. Yeah, Yeah. you know, like, Jacob comes along, all right, we're kicking you out of this room, here's, like, an actual bed, blah, 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 blah. It's essentially the same, even though he's now 14. I'm like, dude, do you want to change your room? Like, do you want these Zelda posters up? It's like no. I'm like, do you want? It's like, eh. but he's not motivated because you don't show your personality that way through your bedroom. I mean, you remember? Oh, is that if you wanted, you had your friends over, like, oh, check out the cool poster. You got the Bo Jackson one, or oh, my personal favorite. Well, I know you're probably talking about women up on the posters too, which I get. <laughs> but m- you please tell me you at least knew somebody with like the dreams poster had like a four car garage yeah. with like the Lamborghini, the yep. Porsche, all that kind of stuff. That's how you showed off back in the day. I had a Cindy Crawford poster up in my room. So they don't do that now. Now they just, I don't know, you, you add little tchotchkes to your Fortnite guy. It's too much on your phone. <laughs> Speaking of things. 